0: Hello and welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comments on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence, brought to you by TCT Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Davis, and today I'm bringing you the latest episode of our executive interview series. Today we are joined by two guests from specialty chemicals company Altana, Chief Technology Officer Dr Petra Severit and Dr. Mats Roger, the company's head of 3D Lab and Cubic Ink Additive Manufacturing. Throughout the episode, Petra and Max discuss what motivated Altana to enter the 3D printing space, why the company decided to sell its stake in DP Polar, the capabilities of its Cubic Ink materials for inkjet 3D printing, and their plans in AM moving forward. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more Additive Insight, head over to tctmagazine.com, where you can subscribe to the print edition of TST Magazine and our weekly Additive Insight newsletter for free. We now pick up the conversation with Petra detailing the extent to which Altana invests in R&D.
1: We do have four very distinct and focused divisions and those divisions drive the business in specialty areas into different markets. Um, we do invest significantly more than most of the chemical companies from our turnover into R&D. Um, that is the fundament of remaining to be the leader in highly specialized markets globally. So that's a key driver for that one. But um, since you are for more than six years already in the 3D printing industry, you do also know that some of the disruptive innovations do take quite a while. Mm -hmm. If you look into the history of Altana, you will also see that within the last years, we constantly invested 7 to 8% of our turnover into innovations and research and technology. So um, since we, we are committed to long-term growth, um, we also invest into um, driving and disruptive technologies such as 3D printing. Next to the um, divisional organization, we do have um, internal startups, but we also invest into external startups by minority share or by my, majority share and you may know about our DP Polar investment, and I'm quite sure we will also talk about that a little bit later. Mm. So um, we are driven by a high profitable growth. Um, so the EBDR margin we generate across our businesses ranges between 18 and 20 percent. Everything we start needs to end up in that corridor but having said that with the life cycle development of each single product with, with our disruptive new technologies we obviously aim to go far beyond that target so so okay. you can imagine i have a very exciting job yeah. being responsible for r and d and innovation
0: yeah yeah it sounds it um sounds like a lot of work can you <clears throat> can you explain an outline the, the motivations for entering the 3d printing space and i guess what the opportunities that Altana as a business saw in 3D printing and, and additive manufacturing to you know, harness some of that funding and some of that people power from the R&D to, to focus on 3D printing.
1: Mm-hmm. When we start talking about specialty chemicals industry, we have to be a little bit more precise and go into the chemistry we do make. Um, we are in organic and polymer science and do have knowledge in all of these areas. So we try to combine the competences across the different divisions and translate this into new, unique solutions. So we have a unique fundament in organic and polymer materials and with digging into the 3D and additive manufacturing, we can actually combine this, build on these competences and develop tailored solutions for technologies which may actually not be out there yet. And that is the example for DP Polar. Mm. We decided to cooperate with DP Polar because it's unique ink tech, um, serial production technology, which needed in the past actually also cooperative strength from the material science. And we specifically bring this to the market there. This is in the polymer range, however, if you look into one of our strong divisions like Eckert, we also have unique um, alloy competences there where we also maneuver into the additive manufacturing space. And so now you can see how we target new growth markets and how we enter in these markets from different directions. With DP Polar, we were really the developing partner for enabling that unique technology for not only going into serial production, but also multi-material three D printing technologies, which, as you may know, is the future of additive manufacturing.
0: On on DP Polar, can you <clears throat> um, explain the decision to, um, I guess, take a step back from that or, or sell sell the controlling stake to to three D systems? <laughs> and I guess um, maybe tell me about the ongoing relationship and collaboration with that with that business Mm
1: -hmm. i would actually not call it a step back okay i would rather call it into bring it into the next phase Mm -hmm. because what we had to do was really in very deep and close cooperation tailor our resin and ink product portfolio towards the unique technology of dp polar And that could not have been done without that very close cooperation. Now that we have the product portfolio, it's actually fairly easy to also expand that into the resin space. So that's why we want to open up to the big aftermarket, uh, to the big um, additive manufacturing market. And on the other side, we have everything available, which DP Polar needs to bring the printer into the market. We also see that a strategic partner, like we were in the part, the Inc. strategic partner, a strategic partner when we look into hardware and software development, like 3D systems, is actually an enabler for doing that quicker that we, we would for, uh, for mm. example. Whenever there is a need for cooperation, we're very happy to serve that. We do have unique materials, which uh, will be used to enable the polar technology, and we will be the supplier, no doubt about that. Um, but um, there is a good portfolio available, so now it's it's easier to get there. But yeah. I, as I said, it's it's continuous development where we need to make the right decision to move forward and where we can benefit most. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, I want to I want to come on to the the materials in a sec in a second. But just on the DP polar, just the last question on that. Um, As I understand it, the controlling stake was sold to 3D Systems. So does Altana still have a stake in the business? Are you able to comment on that at all?
1: We're able to comment on that, but we fully uh, sold our stake in DP
0: Poland. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So can you, um, and maybe this is where we can bring Max in, can you tell me about the portfolio of of Cubic Ink materials? Um, When I looked on the website, I, I saw there was like a high performance portfolio prototyping and support materials so can you take me through each of those um different portfolio of materials and tell me about the the capabilities and so on
2: yes yes sure um so maybe also there start with the work we did together with dp polar so as as petra pointed out um we really started to develop inkjet inks so materials for the material jetting technology of dp polar Um, And there we have, let's say a functional prototyping portfolio, right? This goes from tough to rigid to flexible to transparent. Uh, We can tune the refractive indexes. Um, We have support materials because in material jetting, you always need a second material next to your actual object material to hold Mm -hmm. everything in place. Um, There we not only have one material, we have, uh, let's say a range depending on the geometry you want to print. So is it a long uh, a channel with a small diameter, so you need something that dissolves quickly in water, and that's actually the point, it's all water soluble.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and and uh, water soluble has the advantage that uh, everyone can handle this. So you just throw it in the water and you, you take it out a few hours later and it's cleaned, right? Whereas the competitors, they have very often a uh, support material that needs to be manually removed. So you you, do, you create little cracks, and uh, someone is pressing harder than the other one. So you don't have a good uh, reliability, uh, the performance of your parts at the end. So we have functional materials, we have supports. And then we have the high performance range. Uh, and the high performance range actually comes from different chemistries, chemistries that we believe only a chemical company uh, can handle. Um, so what we said is, if you want to have a very productive 3d printing system, and this can be material jetting, or some vat technology, you need materials that can go into the end use. Speaking about that performance,
3: mm.
2: right? Um, so we developed for the inkjet process in the beginning, only um, materials that are printed. Are UV cured in the printer and then need a second curing step, which is thermal, post cure. Um, and here we don't speak about a thermal post cure 60 degrees, one hour irradiation like a form labs oven, mm-hmm. right? But it's really a, a temperature program that you may know from some molding application. But when we do this, we can really alter the properties and have properties that you don't have with UV curing only materials. Mm-hmm. So this is what is behind our high performance series. And there we have different uh, uh, material classes. We have two that aim for high rigidity, high to very high HDT. Uh, so uh, thermal form stabilities. Um, one of them has a very good chemical resistance. We so can throw it in anything and it will not break down as many of the UV only cured materials. Um, we are working in the inkjet world also on very soft materials, soft in a different manner than only UV cured, so soft even at low temperatures, right? Um, I don't know how deep you are in the performance testing, but if you have a soft material and you do this like fatigue testing, mm-hmm. uh, something that really can can uh, perform better than any other material in the market, that's basically for the inkjet world, and as Peter pointed out then. Once we did this, we saw that all of this works even better in the in the resin world. So uh, that vet photopolymerization world, and we started to transfer this portfolio from the inkjet world to the resin world. Mm. Uh, and this is what we will show the first time this year at Formnext on our booth. Um, in, in the whole growth uh, of, of what we have, um, again, the same the same setup functional prototyping and then high performance. We don't show the supports on the resin sides because you don't need them in the resin print. It's Mm. mono-material, right? Yeah. Um, But our high-performance glasses are much broader than in the inkjet board in the resin board. Mm. So we really have a material that can go up to 250, 350, and we have a new prototype that can go up to 550 elongation or break, right? And even if you cool it down, for example, at minus 20 degrees, it's still elastic. If you have a standard UV short soft material, it will break it will come brittle at some point. Mm. Right. Um, So we transferred these portfolios and then what we are currently working on, and this will be also shown together with uh, genera. And also Siemens is a material that has the V zero flame retardancy. Um, However, this is the first prototype we developed, and it will be the first one of a series of materials having the V0. Mm. Um, Because it's nice to have the V0, but you also need to hit all the other performance criteria. And we know that we are not there where we could, right? Um, What is special there is that it's rather low viscous, so everyone can use it. Mm. And I think this is something we need to point out. Um, together with DP Polar, we developed inks for this machine. Now that we sold the stakes, we are open in the inkjet world, but also in the resin world to sell our materials to whoever needs them. Mm. This can be genera, they have an open system. This can be someone that has a Pulsar printer at home or in their company, Mm. um, or a service provider that has the different material libraries that he can use on several printers.
0: On the, um, on the Altana website, I, I noticed that there's mention of um, previously unattained heat resistant properties um, in some of your material. So <clears throat> can you tell me how, as a, as a company, you've been able to achieve that and also why properties such as heat resistance are, are so important?
2: We achieved this by the second chemistry we add with the system. And then once we print the part, printing means UV curing mm-hmm. We fix the shape, and then we transfer everything to the oven and we give a heat cure. And this uh, uh, makes a reaction of a second kind of chemistry, and this takes over the performance. Okay, this is what we do. If you want, it's a dual cure system.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Why is it interesting? Um, we had and still have projects where we go into the connector industry electrical plugs uh, and there you always need a heat deflection temperature higher than 100, better 120, even better 150 degrees Celsius.
0: Um, In terms of applications, um, what would you say are the key application opportunities on on the inkjet side um, and on the the resin um, photopolymerization side?
2: On the inkjet side, and that's also what Petra Petra already mentioned, is Mm -hmm. that we have the multi-material printing capability, right? So you place a certain property at a certain voxel in your object where you need it, and this is actually where we have the most interesting projects: multi-material printing, adding soft segments, hard segments uh, into organ models, if Mm. you want, right? This is a field where also the competitors are uh, very active. Um, You can add colors, you can add hardness, you can add a friction you can add a a transparency and so on. And then there were also potential applications where you have very small features or long channels that you cannot really create in any kind of resin printing because your resin will sit in this channel and you will not get it off during printing. So you will block your channels, for example. Mm. And if you have a piece like a, like an electric connector and you have 32 little plugs and they must be perfect all the time and one is blocked in each part there, then you can throw away the part. Mm-hmm. So a nicely water-soluble support material helps very much.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by 3D Systems. Here, Paul Miller, 3D Systems Materials Product Marketing Manager, introduces Duraform PAX, a new novel SLS nylon photopolymer that promises great mechanical properties for prototypes and end use parts, long term stability, and unexpected low cost of ownership.
4: Duraform PAX is a new family of products that uh, we developed in partnership with uh, AMS Grilltech. And what we're really excited about is it's innovation in this space where there hasn't been a ton of types of materials. DuraForm PAX is durable, it's tough, um, has really high elongation, and is really flexible. So it opens up a lot of application possibilities. It prints at a very low temperature which is actually one of its strengths because it's easier on printers and has a really high recycling rate. What we're also really excited about is some of the operational benefits. It is faster to handle uh, you can remove it, the part cake, the machine faster after printing, and the breakout of parts. And, and that's where some of the financial benefits help our customers as well. When people hear new and novel, they they typically jump to it's gotta be expensive. Um but but our pricing strategy with Duraform PAX was intended to encourage adoption as a go-to material, particularly for those customers that are looking for prints with unspecified properties. So you, you still get all those great mechanical properties that we we talked about, but at generally a lower cost. And then it's the operational benefits. It's the ease of printing, it's the operator intervention, the less service, you don't have any sublimation, which is one of the big challenges people experience with PA11s. Our customers have come to us and said, they're really excited to be able to offer an SLS material uh, to their customers that that they can ship within 24 hours which is is truly remarkable
0: this material is intended for end-use parts you've got long-term stability and in some cases properties that make it indistinguishable from injection molded parts can you talk about that
4: Today we have two different variants and it's a family that we expect that will, will grow in the future. We have a, a natural color and a black color. We've tested the color and the mechanical properties out over five years for indoor and outdoor over a, a year and a half. And the tensile strength, the elongation and color all hold up from The look and the aesthetics of the material, particularly when you vapor hone it, you're able to get some translucency that opens up new applications. So anything where you're trying to look at liquids and anything with thin walls, you'll get that really nice translucency. It's it's been described from our customers as looking like a a rigid polypropylene. For the black material, uh, instead of the translucency, you get an additional sheen. So some of these sample applications that we've made is we've introduced texture onto the parts and then vapor honed it. By doing that, it really looks like an injection molded plastic. One of the examples I like to talk about is some of our engineers that work on all these different materials in, in our office and showing these uh, vapor honed SLS parts, people are shocked to believe that they're, they come from SLS.
0: To learn more, head over to mytct.co forward slash 3 pod or visit 3dsystems.com. Do you have um, customers using your your 3 d printing materials currently? Yes so what um, what kind of trends are you seeing in terms of applications or in terms of industry adoption? what kind of markets uh, are coming to you to use your materials for for 3 d printed parts
2: so what what I just mentioned is electrical connectors yeah that's that's happening. Uh, we see that these organ model printing. I don't mean a part that you actually place into your body, sure, but the part yeah. where the physician, the, the, the med tech supply or student can train. Mm-hmm. This is also happening. We have uh, sold material to people that really do functional prototyping, mm-hmm. like, uh, like uh, reflectors of bikes in different colors, different uh, uh, structures, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we see, I don't know, some kind of clips. Right, and we see uh, other parts uh, that need to have the V zero. Mm. It's also kind of clips or some some kind of um, fixtures where you, where you where you have a copper wire, for example, uh, fixed on it, something like that.
0: I, I I assume that you're constantly talking to to the companies that use your your materials and your and your customers. What can you tell me about their their demands or their requests of of Altana as a company in terms of, you know, R and D, what, what kind of materials do they want to see? What kind of properties do they want to see?
2: I mean, what you always have is these project partners that say we are using fully AMI six, six, 10% glass fiber filled, right? Mm. In injection molding, can you make the same? And then we say, no, no one can, <laughs> right? That's not the aim of what we do. Um, what what customers ask is, after a certain while of discussion, is is I don't know, maybe not what they ask, but what we need to find out with them and what we find out with them is that we find out the properties they actually need. And this is what we try to target. Gosh. And then you also find out which properties they don't need, right? Um, if you have a PA66, you maybe also have a very nice stiffness, but maybe you don't need it for this application. So for us, it's easier to design the material that fits to them. Mm-hmm. And this brings me to the point, what they like. And what they profit from is our um, strategy that we also adapt our materials, okay so what we show is a portfolio it's an h, h performance uh, high performance one two or three maybe, but we also have different prototypes in our lab, and we are ready to adapt certain property to the application if there's a good business plan yeah. behind it. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: maybe that is very important to point out that we really tailor make materials for our customers and for the applications. If we look in the transition from rapid prototyping to serial production, and it's not a digital transition, it's a long, long way, it always requires material adjustments. It's not a drop-in solution. It's really, okay, now we can go to a higher productivity, now we want to go into different markets and different applications, but Then we need different materials for Mm. that, so we are willing to adjust and um, also synthesize new materials, new um, monomers, polymers and raw materials and then we do have the competence of having the perfect formulation part in that, whereas if you go to some other competitors, companies, It's really just about the formulation work, and then it's about, okay, this is what we can give to you. But Max really well explained that whenever you want to have a unique property, you compensate on other properties, obviously. So there's unfortunately not the, okay, we make this better and everything stays better. So we really consult into tailor-making the right um, compromise Mm -hmm. for getting into new applications and entering new markets.
0: How, um, generally speaking, how open are customers to, I guess, initially just embracing 3D printing as a, as an idea to, to manufacture their part or, or to prototype their part? And then how open are they to you guys adjusting their materials? Because I gather that a lot of companies, a lot of people, they trust the material they've always used. So <laughs> how much of a journey is that to bring them along with you and say, actually, you know, sometimes it can be better to... A, use 3D printing, and B, adjust the material?
2: I, I think that's one of the crucial questions for everyone in 3D printing.
3: Mm.
2: And it's very diverse, I'd say. You have customers that really say, ah, we use used PA12 since ever, so we will not change. Okay, then maybe it's not a good partner for everyone.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, but there are really companies that understood this, and now they ask, okay, so we figured out this is our target, these three values can you can you make them we are okay with a stiffness that's less than our current material mm-hmm. so if you have this this is really beneficial and you can move fast and and uh, uh, quite far together so there there's both to ask me
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh what what we know is the earlier you start with a customer on a project and also in their journey to into 3D printing the easier it gets yeah What we see is, for example, for the V0 materials, there is a shift happening uh, at the customers that they say, oh, do we really need the V0 or is it just something we use all the time? But anyways, maybe we don't need it. Mm. Right. And I don't want to bore you with, uh, let's say, uh, properties, but uh, HDT is a heat deflection temperature. So at what temperature under a certain strain, the material flexes or deforms for a certain let's say uh, deformation. But this is actually important for customers when they use thermoplastics. Mm. Because these systems are not cross linked. But we always have cross linked systems. So maybe we can use with a much lower HDT value uh, than what they are usually using. Mm. And we have customers that start to think about it, and then are mm. open to try new things. This can really open markets. But uh, as you pointed out, uh, not everyone is like this mm. mindset wise.
1: Yeah. And there we can be the ideal partner, we would not be the person to tell you don't need V0 because they know very well what the industry needs, but also where the, the areas are, where change can be implemented. But in the journey together with delivering what we can do, we usually then come to very good solutions to bring new materials into the market and also a little bit um, challenge the existing requirements behind it.
2: Mm. And, um What we also see is that there are new 3D printing technologies emerging, Mm. like BCN 3D has something, QBQ has something, and we see that we are quite fast in adapting our materials to these processes if they want to. Okay. So uh, BCN 3D is looking for support material with a certain viscosity, higher than 2000 millipascal seconds at room temperature, we can make this quite fast. So I think this is an advantage of us, we are quite reactive.
0: Um you mentioned that um you know you can adjust and you can you can tailor materials, but in terms of the um the product roadmap i guess you have like base products of which you can then tailor so what's the what can you tell me about how that might evolve moving forward both on the inkjet side and the resin side
2: So what we show is in inkjet board and the resin board a portfolio of 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 uh, let's say one or two examples of these families Mm. right Uh, and we don't want to show more because then it's too much yeah and then if someone's interested basically in these property sets then we will discuss uh, sit together and check if we can make it really uh, for the customer Mm. the whole bundle um
0: my last question um and i perhaps both of you can can chip in chip in on the answer what can you Tell us about um, Altana's plans within the additive manufacturing sector moving forward. What does that look like over the next few years?
2: So, what we hear until now is that there's really a big demand for these zero materials, mm-hmm. or let's call them flame retardant materials, because I said maybe there's a mining shift going on slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. So, something that doesn't burn well, right, with different other properties. Um, there's also ESD materials, so charge for discharging materials. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is also no secret really elastic materials, they might have a special rebound, they can be very elastic, they even at low temperatures, they are elastic or very soft. And we also think we can really have an advantage there with our dual cure materials.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, you know, the, the shoes from Adidas, the backpack, yeah. the helmet, the bike saddle, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for now what we see is our our target. Mm -hmm. We have a big know-how in our support materials. However, they are material jetting restricted. Maybe not so much because I mentioned other new technologies also ask for support materials.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And in the material jetting world, the multi material print is very, very, very interesting. And I think will continue also in dentures and everything that goes.
3: Mm. Uh,
2: into the mouth, or as a model for for dentures. Yeah, cool. With the
1: supportings, um, Max also mentioned an important contribution we bring to the market, which is uh, supporting their sustainability journey. Um, Because, um, yes, our material is water soluble, Quite some um, solutions out there are not water soluble, we continue to develop our portfolio towards that direction. But also when we look into next formulations, next adjustments, we do have the baseline of also supporting all of our customers and actually also suppliers to really come with new more sustainable solutions to the market. Mm -hmm. I think that is something we can bring to that market anyway when we talk about chemistry. When we talk about the additive manufacturing, we do have our heliosonic business within Alcana, which is a laser printing technology. Um, It is without any nozzle, so that's great. So you can use particles uh, which are bigger uh, than if they have to go through a a nozzle. It's contact free. Um, And we are currently focusing on a 2D printing market and process. But that is just the beginning of a longer journey because we also see big opportunities when we look into the 2.5 or 3D printing market and when you have out our roadmap and our journey. um, In the midterm, we also want to use this technology to bring more opportunities Mm -hmm. and solutions to the additive manufacturing market. And that will be very nicely a combination of what we know from either the material side or the pigment side the rather decorative area or really the um, applications with a very high demand when it comes to properties, thermal or mechanical properties. Mm. So that's gonna be then later on the combination of those.